Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I am your host, Max Moser, here today with one other Infinity Bro of our six-member cast. It is Infinity Bro Zane. Zane, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Just, uh, you know, recording on this beautiful Thursday, the kickoff of a little March Madness. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on today. Sports, baby, sports. Yes, uh, Zane, you don't have to get too much into our brackets, but can you tell the audience who your final four picks are? I have Xavier, St. Mary's, Marquette, and then, well, I had Arizona, but they lost. So three of four is currently intact for me right now. I'm so sorry about your loss. I have Creighton, Memphis, Houston, and UConn. Make sure you tell us what your final four brackets are so we can mock you or celebrate you. Because I think by like, what, what's today? Thursday, probably about Friday afternoon, a lot of people are upset if they do brackets. Oh, yeah. Right? That's oh, how yeah. that process works. Yeah. So hopefully you're not upset on Friday. Hopefully you're waking up Friday with a little bit of excitement. By the time this podcast comes out, maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday, you're you're enjoying your March Madness. And uh, and hopefully things are getting better for you than they are here in Minnesota. It's still wet and snowy. It is brutal and awful. You didn't come here for March Madness or the weather update of Minnesota. You came here to hear about the season finale of The Last of Us, as well as some Oscar talk. We're going to talk about the Oscars 2023 winners and i'm very excited to talk about these with you zan i am very excited if you're a fan of the show you know that i'm a big fan of one of the movies that was represented at the oscars but before we get into anything we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things so that when we talk about these fun things you know how we're talking about them here on the infinity bros podcast everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent if all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. And then additionally, we're going to spoil the entire first season of The Last of Us. Zane will spoil parts of the game. We're also going to talk about a very specific part of the second game. I'm going to spoil a key plot point from the second game in a question form with Zane. If you do not want any of these spoilers to be represented at any time while listening to this, thank you for the listen. We appreciate you. I'm going to invite you to listen next episode, but we are going to talk about the second game of key spoiler in it about a certain character. So I want to make sure that you are given that opportunity to bow out if that's okay. This is your spoiler warning. This is prepare yourself and infinity bros prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. The last of us season one, episode nine, Entitled Look for the Light. It aired on March 12th, 2023. It was 43 minutes. Zane, a shockingly low runtime for an episode. Thank you for your comment. All right, we're moving on. Yeah, I, I was like, I, yeah, <laughs> it was a short run time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome, Zane. You're, you're doing great. I mean, podcasting is, it's, you're a natural at it. I don't know what you wanted me to add there. <laughs> 43 minutes short run time uh yeah yeah it sure it's, is bob it, it sure is it's shorter than 44 <laughs> yeah honey i'm just not gonna be listening to the infinity bros i it, it's just i can't i can't honey i Those tried. guys are off the rails i gave it everything i had they're saying they're off the rails they're really not they're not off the rails 
A pregnant Anna places her trust in lifelong friend later Joel and Ellie near the end of their journey. This was directed by Ali Abbasi. Obviously, the writers are Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazine, who have been writing pretty much the entire season and series of this show. Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, Merle Dandridge are the three main players, as well as an appearance from Ashley Johnson, who plays the mother of Ellie Williams, Anna Williams. Ashley Johnson, as many will know, is the original Ellie, plays Ellie in the video game. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. And after that, it's just a surgeons, fireflies, people that are just shot in the head. Tons of people that are just shot. That's how this process works. And well, and then one of the nurses was Laura Bailey, but I mean, we that's neither here nor and there. And what's Laura Bailey's significance for me? Well, in part two, she's the actress that plays Abby, which is a huge Thank character in part you. two. Okay, good. So that was just a little, little Easter egg. Well, she's also the voice of Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man video game. Yes. She's a very, very popular woman voice actor. She is actress. a woman voice actor. Actor? Actress? <laughs> That was a fun way to say that. Like she's, a, she's a voice actor, but she's a woman. Okay, well, thanks, Zane. Yeah. She plays... I mean, yeah. um, okay, I thought it was fun. Okay. Yeah, congrats on not getting shot in the head, Laura. Good for you. That, yeah, that was impressive. Well done. And this episode, Zane, that actually was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. That might have actually been very impressive, this episode, to not come out dead. This this is the season finale. Obviously, HBO has had some tremendous success, almost doubling their listenership in this one episode. And this show in particular, I can't think of a show zine that has had more things to go against on Sundays. It picked a strategic time of after the NFL, but it still had to go against the Oscars. Um, it still had to go against the Super Bowl. And I just I, I have to say. Looking at the viewership numbers, this has to be the biggest hit for them since Game of Thrones, essentially, because this is just becoming one of their pantheon shows with shows like The Sopranos and and other amazing shows that have come through HBO. And the numbers are just staggering how it's just an exponential climb of the chart. You'll have to go check those out. But this is some great work. And you add on the fact that Pedro Pascal is essentially competing against himself in a streaming war in the Mandalorian that's appearing three days later on Wednesday. Just a tremendous feat in that regard. And we're going to talk about the details of this episode. But Zane, let's talk about our spoiler ratings of this show. I'm going to go first because you're going to provide more insight from the video game perspective. I'm going to be very quick and because we'll talk about details, but this is a six out of six for me. This episode, this show, the only way I can compare it to is the Joker movie. I felt this this show was incredibly painful to watch this last episode. I absolutely despise the choice that Joel made, but that was intentional. I was supposed to feel that way. I understand that. I think... I, I don't like the character of Joel after watching this show uh, as weird as that sounds. Again, I don't, I don't know if that's intentional. It's different than the vein of Wanda that I don't like in WandaVision who kind of plays also a hero and makes some really terrible decisions. Joel is making decisions that are in my opinion on that, on that spectrum, but the writing just tells this story in such a tremendous way 
that I empathize with every single decision he makes. I really, really enjoyed this. Everybody who acted, acted their tails off. I love that it was 43 minutes. I think they, they were like, we don't have to waste our time. We know where we're going with this. And I'm excited to hear from video games perspectives because I obviously don't play the game, but this is, this is a six out of six. This is a great season. There really was very few poor moments in this show. I have, I have nitpicks to pick. I personally would say that episode three was not nearly as good as people say it is, but that's about the only episode that I'm like meh about. I think every episode really builds upon itself and I'm really looking forward to second season and I'm really looking forward to how they address the death of Joel, uh, who dies in the second game very early on. I don't know how they're going to do that. It doesn't make sense to me how they do that in a second season of this game of this show, excuse me. And so I, I, I think HBO has a very tall task ahead of it. I think it's clear if this followed the game, obviously that's why it was so good. The real test will come next season. And how much do they use Pedro Pascal? And it's tough to have a guy like that and not use him. I'll pass it off to you, Zane. Six out of six for me. Yeah, I just have to repeat a lot of what you said with that. Um, six out of six for me as well. Um, very powerful episode. Um, this was, I was glad that to see. <laughs> even though we didn't get it with the infected, but like this episode actually captured the action you get in the game. Like it didn't hit, it had all the story elements and all the, the shot for shot stuff that happens in the game, but you, that also gave us the action sequences the game had. And I know that was a complaint I had from the, you know, the previous two episodes of just like, they cut so much of the action that they gave us the story and everything that happened. And that was very well done but they just toned down all the action whereas this one they're like no no we're gonna hit the action points and the story and the fact that they fit it all into 43 minutes uh granted you kind of knew it was at that end so it's like kind of sped that up like you didn't have to do a ton more introspect on a lot of that but it was very well done and just how they shot it how it closely resembled what the game was captured all the same points hit the same emotions and yeah it's just going into how that sets up everything you have in the back of your head of all right now we're going to go into your part two of this and you're going to be like it it gets me excited because it's like well are they going to continue if they keep if they follow that like they did this one, it, we're still going to have a fantastic show. A lot of people don't agree with that, Zane. They don't agree that season two is good. It's split. Season two is, is 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 the split. And that's why I asked the question, how do you do this in a show where killing your main actor has to have a massive piece of storytelling in it? Right. I don't know how that can work. I know nothing about the story of season two or the second, the last of us part two, except that Joel dies. That's the only thing that I know because that's, it just gets talked about so much. Right. I don't know if it can do that Zane. I mean, that's going to be the big one, especially when you have a character or an actor as big as Peter Pascal. And like, that's going to be a, quite the shocking thing to deal with. But I think this was part of the issue and why part of it gets so split on the story of like part two is like, yeah, it's a very polarizing, it's, it's good storytelling. Now granted, like just to preface that, like I haven't played the game, like it's in my library. I need to play through it, but 
kind of like how we talked in the Patreon of how you get enough of like leaks and stuff. So like, I've, I know a lot of what happens in the story. I haven't played the game, but I know a lot of what happens in the story. Okay. And so that's why there's a lot of it. That's just like, it makes sense. The story, it's still a good story of what's being told, but it's a complete shift. And I think part of it too, especially in the aspect of like a TV show is they could have told the story differently than they did. Even in the game, as good of the story can be, I think they made some choices that you could have easily spun this out a little bit more. Because, like, if you wanted to make the games into a trilogy, like, they, I think Druckmann needed to make some different decisions, but he went the route he did for the impact of it. And it, it would be interesting, like, how is that going to play out? Because it's just like, yeah, Joel dies early on with in part two. And it's not an easy, easy thing to do because like that was your main character. You went on this whole adventure in the first game with him and everything that happens. And then in part two, like it's, it's a rough because he doesn't have a good death. Like he, it's not, it's not her. And it just kicks all that off. And I think there's plays on a lot of that emotion. And it's like, I, yeah, I don't know how that's going to translate to the show. Yeah. And I don't know if they're going to do it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if they'll do it. I think there's a very realistic chance that next season, Druck, HBO looks at Druckmann and says, you cannot kill him. Which I think that's something that probably would have worked a little better. And especially if they set this game the, it, to be more of a trilogy, like that's when it should have happened is more towards the end. But like, yeah, but then you're getting into, so if they change that for the show, well, then all of a sudden you're no longer following the game. And how is that going to translate? But like, here's the thing. Druckmann can change whatever he wants. He's the creator of the show, of the game. This isn't this isn't like, oh, you made the video game and now we're going to make a show and we're going to base it off the video game. Like, no, he made all of it. So any changes he makes, it, it's 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 game. Whether people like it or not, it's game. Well, true. But I mean, you had the entire first season of a running of following the game very well. Sure. And I think there would be a lot of people of that. It was just like you'd break that for season two. But I think on the other side, I think a lot of people would actually like it, you know, better of, hey, what would this story have been different if, you know, Joel continued on? And, you know, I think the non video game fans are going to be those who can somehow not hear that he's going to. I don't know how people aren't going to talk about this. Oh, yeah. This is going to be spoken about all the time because. This is the main question of season two. When will he die? End of discussion. This is the question. Right. And and maybe HBO builds it up. Maybe they show right at the beginning it's going to happen, but it's like a X amount of months, years later, earlier. I mean, I don't know. I I I don't know how they're going to do it, Zane. And I, I just think that's an important caveat to bring into this episode because it, 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 it drastically affects. I don't know if I don't know if they can match season one. I really don't know. I think this could be it's we talked about Ted Lasso on the Patreon. I think that could be very similar to, to Ted Lasso. Season one of Ted Lasso is masterful. Season two is good, but not nearly as good as season one. I, I don't know if The Last of Us is going to be able to do that. Because this season, it, it means every episode's good. Every single one is good. And it's it's just difficult. Let's talk about the episode now. People have been like, all right, we get you guys. <laughs> so we get this flashback with Ellie's mom and we find out we, we have this uh, very dramatic scene. She comes in this abandoned house 
fights off this infected, but does indeed get bitten. And this essentially tells the audience who hasn't seen or played the games how Ellie is immune. She is bitten early. She is the mom is bitten. And because of when she was bitten in the birthing process, Ellie now can be born, is immune. And we find out also that Anna is friends with Marlene, who doesn't just come in. She fights about whether to kill her friend or not and leave her there to be a monster. Also, she... We come to find out she was the one that essentially raised Ellie and is the reason Ellie is such a mess on top of the trauma of not having her mother. And we see the guy not cover the ears of the baby, (laughs) (laughs) which to me was the biggest sin of this whole episode. Um, You got one job. You got one job, man. I mean, who is it that said, oh, God, Chris Stuckman said this. He said. He said the acting of the baby was so good. I I know the baby wasn't acting, but I've just I was crackling because he's like, I actually he's actually not wrong. Like the baby em- brought such empathy from me for the baby because of Anna and Anna. Anna, the mother, did such a tremendous job of displaying this emotion, this maternal instinct. I was so hooked to her from the get go. I was just like, please don't let her be infected when they find her. I I was just like, come on, please let her be normal still. And I have to tip my hat to Ashley Johnson, who clearly is a talented actor, whether she has a screen on her or not. I know The Last of Us, like they do mocap stuff. Yeah, it was all mocapping too. They're part of that acting experience. But man, Ashley Johnson's got herself some acting chops. I, I hope she gets some more opportunities after this show because her very small role here had a tremendous uh, impact on me. How did you feel about this scene? No, it was it was very, very well done. It was fun to see. Like again, like this isn't something that's in the game at all. Like this is totally added for mm. the show. Um, and like even so, like you don't it, even in the game, you don't know how Ellie's immune. Like they did more of the backstory to show that in the show, you don't get that in the game. You can kind of piece it together on like notes and stuff, but it's never actually revealed in the game. Why she's immune. She just is. So this Um, is just impactful for everybody watching. Then everybody is in the same position I'm in where they're like, Whoa. And then Marlene being in part of it is also new news. I mean, we knew that Marlene was friends with her in the game, right? But we get more of that interaction and Merle Dandridge who played Marlene in the games as well is just crushing it in this. And I know she doesn't have many big roles outside of like, I think, yeah, she's in station 19 right now, which I mean, if you're Sarah Mosier, my wife, that's a big show, I guess. But, but to normal people, I'm kidding to regular people. That is not a show you're watching, but I, I think she really in a very small role this season, Merle Dandridge really did a great job saying she carried a lot of emotional levity in a very dark show. There's a lot of dark characters and somehow she manages to be one of the darkest. Uh, which is impressive. So we we transition out of that, and uh, we get we get Ellie and Joel getting some seriously intimate moments. So we get the discovery. At least this was this was the discovery to me that he had a failed suicide attempt after Sarah's death. Incredibly dark, incredibly authentic, organic. I thought Pedro Pascal did a lot with very little. I thought the script was a little broad here. 
vague is the word, excuse me, I would use a little vague. I don't know if it was, I understood that, but I don't know if every audience member, the way he said it was just strange to me. I, I did not feel it was that, like, I feel like there was, it was still like, what do you mean? Like, I'm surprised that more people didn't say that. But for me, who understood exactly what he was saying, I was like, wow. And it's Pedro Pascal. That's the other part. Like, I just love anything with him. I'm all in on him. Like, he just, he wins me so easily. And again, we get another layer to this actor that I just don't get to see that often. And then obviously we get the the giraffe scene that is famous from the video game. What were your thoughts on that? That was like that was one of those scenes that even from early on episodes, I was like, I can't wait to see this scene because I remember from playing the game, the impact of playing the game that that scene just you just have this whole adventure you've been on. Everything's been so dark, you know, everything you've been through, and you just have this moment of just wholesome beauty, I guess you'd say of just, Mm. here's these just giraffes. They're just living their life. You know, the nature is kind of, you know, basically just overgrown back and they're just there. Like they're unbothered. They're just calm. It's like the way they did it in the show and in the game, it's just, it's such a moment of peace. And you're just like, it it, it was so just an impactful scene to play. And it was such a bittersweet scene. And and so I actually took the advice you gave last time we spoke to watch the post show show. I normally don't watch it, but you gave some great insight a couple episodes ago. And I was just like, all right, I have to do this now that Zane said this. And this is what they commented on. They said they intentionally left it bittersweet for, for interpretation. And I loved that. I just loved it. Did not, it felt like an ending. It felt like we were on the dawn of some darkness. Um, or to sunset maybe is the better way to say that. Dark, right. Dark, like dark. you have some of that feeling, but then you just you kind of brought back to reality quickly. Yeah. But I also thought it was very cool that like that was an actual giraffe. Like that wasn't CGI. Like that was very cool. Yeah, I, I echo that 100%. I thought that was a great job. I, I thought they did a tremendous job there. Joel gets hit in the face or in the back of the head, excuse me, and they knock him out after ambushing them. He awakens in the hospital and Marlene explains that the doctors are preparing Ellie for surgery to produce a cure. He obviously protests. He says, take me to her. They grab his bag because Marlene knows him big for even getting her there. And Joel makes, in my opinion, one of the most impactful decisions I've seen in television in a long time. <laughs> um, One of the most cataclysmic decisions I've seen in a long time. And proceeds to just mow down every single person in his path until he reaches the doctor's office, which is also from the game. That's a very iconic scene from the game that I've seen as well. And uh, shoots the doctor immediately. A couple things I noticed with this scene before I pass it off to you for observation, Zane. He did not wait to shoot people. People who had their hands up were shot. Uh, The doctor was shot essentially instantly. Pedro Pascal did a tremendous job of being numb. There was a numbness to what he was doing, and it was so jarring and painful. It goes against everything that I personally stand for in my value system as a person. And I just the only parallel I can give this to is Joker. I think Joker, that movie is the same exact feeling I had where I walked out going, this is masterful, and I did not enjoy it. I, I was entertained, 
and I see the value in this content, but I did not enjoy what I watched. That is how I feel about this episode. And that's how I feel. And this is the scene that I will remember in this show. I'll remember a couple scenes in this show, and this is one of them. And uh, I, I will remember the, uh, I'll remember Henry. I'll remember him and his, his brother. And I'll remember this. And this is the feeling I've had. And this show consistently feeds me that emotion. It's dread. It's pain. Yet I still have hope somehow at the end of all of it. And that's just what makes Druckmann and Mazine so great. And, and Druckmann in particular with the script he's written. What was your observation of this? Yeah. Like it's, like I said, especially as like, like you haven't played the games or, you know, had that impact of just so for me, like I've been through this once and seen all this. And I think this is, this was just that huge one. Cause yeah, this is what it reminds you of like, this is what Joel was before Ellie. Hmm. Like, like Joel wasn't a good person. And like, this is what it, why this is such fantastic storytelling. Cause you go through this whole, you know, the journey of Joel and Ellie and like, Oh my God, Joel's such that like this hero in their relationship. But, you, but then this is kind of snaps you back to realize that like, Joel's actually not a good guy. Yeah. And this is the reminder of that. And then like, this is how it segues into part two of the setup. Um, Granted, I don't want to like go on spoilers on stuff, but like that, that a whole scene is of that greatly impacts of everything that happens into the the second game. It's evident at the end of this episode that that's what's coming, that there will be tension around what happens at this moment. It largely ties into why he dies, the way he dies. And like, so that said, it makes sense. And like, so that's my point of how they ended that. Like, there's a part of that's like you need to follow the game here wow it's a very powerful setup and that's why with the second game and everything with all these emotions and everything you go through you're like this is why the storytelling is top notch because you're like i like this character but you're like they're not a good character and it's there's a lot of divisive stuff that you're just like i don't want to like this but i do or like like, I get it. Like, I understand why something's doing it. I don't like what happens, but I un- can understand what happens. I am not eager to the next for the next season. I, I, I'm not eager in the slightest. I, this is the first time I'm like, second season will be great. Can you wait for it? I can wait a long time for it. I, I am thankful for a reprieve. I'm thankful I'm not like binge watching this. Because I just don't think, and, and this just is my personal flavor, guys. So there's some people that are swearing up and down that this is like show of the year. Like spoiler, Infinity Bro Robbie says already this is the favorite for the Stan Lee for 2023 for television show for us. And if you're new to the show, our Stan Lee's are our year end review. I think there's a couple other shows that are going to have a say in that by the end of this. However, I don't know if I can call this show one of my favorite shows ever. Because of this feeling I get, I just don't know if I can do it. I can rate it highly and absolutely understand why people rate it highly. But for me, this, this just is a struggle to be frank. And it takes to some, takes me to some dark spots that I don't want entertainment to take me. I would like my escapism to be a hair more lighter and I would like my characters to be redeemed. I would like them not to be trending toward toward impending doom. And I feel that this is where this is going. Obviously, I know a little information that other people didn't know going into this this part two, but 
I, the the impending doom for both of these characters feels evident to me. Right. And this is also why, like, even like before watching the show, even from the game, from the game standpoint, like I've always said, like from the story point, this is one of the best story games I've ever played, but it's not one of my favorite games. Hmm. And for a lot of the same reason you're saying story wise, it's phenomenal. It's one of the greatest stories that you go into, but like for a lot of what you've said, that's why I can't put it in my favorite. Yeah. It, it, and it's such an interesting dichotomy on that, that like, it's this amazing story, but like it, it's heavy. It makes you think and you're like, and and yeah, obviously too, it's different with a, a, a video game because you have gameplay mechanics and all that stuff you go in, but purely from a storytelling standpoint, it's a fantastic story, but there's so much more to it. You're just like, I don't know, you know, it, it just sits with you. I would imagine too that that end scene when you're the one mowing everybody down, we're trained in those video games to do that. When you watch it portrayed and conveyed with numbness, with not even he wasn't even locked in. He was just numb. His face was blank. It was like the lights were on and no one was there. He just defaulted. He he had a switch. He flicked it, and there we were. And I think I think this scene actually probably might have been more impactful. Again, I've never played the game, but I do think it might have been more impactful watching it from this actor's portrayal than the typical video game player who is just, I've been there, done that, and Call of Duty, Fortnite, whatever first-person shooter game you're doing. I really think that, Zane. Oh, it, it is. like, it, And that's why there is kind of that difference then with the game, like, in this, it conveyed that emotion very well. Whereas with the games, you get more of the weight when you get into like the second one because of the story elements. Because in the game, it's just, oh, here's the final, here's the bad guys you got to go to to get Ellie. And like you have the weight of realizing, uh, oh, yeah, obviously you have the weight of this d- decision of like, hey, you're foregoing the, the world of a potential cure to get Ellie back. But like, you're not hit with the rest. Whereas like, I feel like they did a great job with how just that pure emotionless, everything he does, just like, it didn't matter. He killed everyone. And like that sets up to the next part of what goes on. Like it's very powerful in kind of that storytelling that I think is probably done a little better in the show than what the game did. Good for Druckmann that he gets even like a second shot to kind of retell it. What a unique spot that guy gets for this. Really cool for him. Let us know your, obviously we didn't talk. We alluded to this, but we didn't talk about it. The end, they hike back to Jackson. Ellie insists that Joel swear that he didn't do what he did. He lies and she replies. Okay. So we've, we've alluded to that choice. So we don't need to go into that, but I want to make sure we, we say that. Tell us what your thoughts are on The Last of Us, and I tip my hat to everybody. I, I, for clarity, I do think this will be on the year, and I think it's gonna be on. I think it will be discussed as show of the year. I don't know emotionally if I can put it on my top five. We'll find out. I'm gonna need some time away from it. I won't be rewatching this one anytime soon. I said, right? That's fair. <laughs> and I had an idea in my head of where this was gonna end and land. And this is not at all where it landed. It felt like a train <laughs> hit me. And uh, I tip my hat to them. Every time this show zigs, every time I thought they were going to zig, they zagged. And I really appreciated that. 
Let's head over to the Oscars, the 2023 Oscars. And for those that don't know, Infinity Bro Max, that's me, is a massive fan of the Oscars. I am what they call the Oscars snob on our podcast. Very excited to be an Oscars fan. I've been watching it consecutively, I think, for the last five, six years. And I just, I love it. I did see the Will Smith slap heard around the world live. I was the first person to tell our friends, hey, guys, I think Will Smith just assaulted Chris Rock on national television. And everyone thought it was fake. And that was just a great, great time. And I'm super thrilled to uh, speak about this because my favorite movie, in my opinion, now that I've had about a year away from it, it's my favorite movie ever made. Everything, everywhere, all at once absolutely dominates this this uh, this whole thing. It had 11 nominations. And it just absolutely slapped everybody around. It won Best Picture, Best Actress for Michelle Yeoh. It won Best Directors in Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, who are formerly known as the Daniels. It also won Best Original Screenplay. It also won Best Supporting Actor for Ki Hui Kwan. And it also won the other Best Supporting Actor in Jamie Lee Curtis. And I think Stephanie Sue should have won that personally. I wouldn't even say Jamie Lee Curtis was the best supporting actress in the movie, and she won it. And that just shows how powerful this this movie was. It won best editing, and uh, it, it it was just a tremendous night for that movie. Zane, you watched the Oscars. What was your thoughts of the sci-fi epic, everything, everywhere, all at once, dominating what has been historically a very detailed drama I would say historical fiction, mostly award-winning show. Well, I think it gives testament to like when you make a good movie and it's thought-provoking and it's well done. There, sometimes there's stuff that can just transcend the genre, and like when you do a very good job of telling the story you're trying to tell, like whether that's in sci-fi or western or you know whatever category you want to put it in, if you tell that story right like that's the impact it can have. And so, yeah, like I haven't watched it yet, but just from the amount of awards and everything I've heard and everything, it's just like, it's to me, it sounds like everything it's gotten is very well deserved. And yeah, I think that's a testament of like, when you make a good product, it deserves to be recognized and awarded for it. If you haven't seen this movie, I'm begging you to go watch it. It is amazing. Top to bottom. Yes. Uh, it, it has a couple things that I think um, some people will be annoyed with. Um, there's a scene where somebody has a butt plug in, and that's all I can kind of say. And that choice doesn't take me out of the movie. It enhances the movie with how it's introduced. It's not used in a sexual weird way. It's just used in a weird way. And this show, this movie, excuse me, is such a joy top to bottom to watch the acting is top notch from everybody in it. The camera angles are tremendous in every single scene. I've never seen an arc written like this. And we're a Marvel podcast. We talk about Marvel a lot. And I'm going to talk about a Marvel movie in a little bit here, Zane. But I got to say, I think Marvel is making a very difficult, stupid decision if they do not incorporate the Daniels in these Secret Wars movies in some capacity. I think they have to be involved in these multiverse movies. These guys totally understand how to write it. They know how to make it emotional. They know how to overlap it and make it tie in. And they know how to not spend too much time in one spot to sacrifice for the other. 
Marvel, please, I'm begging you, call the Daniels. They need to help you make this movie. It's not too late to shift this. We can push the movie off another year or two. Please, please, please give them this movie. I'm begging you. Okay, that's all I'll say about everything for all at once. Let's talk about the other movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Marvel gets their Oscars, Zane. Obviously, the Suicide Squad got this same award years ago for best costume design, which to this day is still, I think, the worst award in Oscars history. Would you disagree or agree? I agree. Like that was that was a head scratcher. <laughs> when we were watching it, when they came out for it, you could there was a montage of previous movies and the Suicide Squad. <laughs> You're like, what? I was like, that's it's immortal. It's immortal. That movie will forever be an Oscar winning movie. <laughs> but Black Panther Wakanda forever wins, and that was pretty shocking. The other thing that was shocking was Angela Bassett did not win Best Supporting Actress. A lot of people felt this would be a layup for her where Jamie Lee Curtis won. And this is the season for award shows. Like They go to like four or five of these in a row. And Jamie Lee Curtis has essentially swept this position. And there's a tremendous meme of Jamie Lee Curtis going, oh my gosh. And Angela Bassett just not even shifting her face. Just like the disappointment of her not winning this award was so palpable. Uh, did you feel that she earned it from Wakanda Forever, Zane? You saw that movie. What, what Did you feel like she earned it? Or do you think like, eh, it was a little overblown? I mean, I felt like she did enough to earn it and definitely be in the conversation. Like, I thought she did a very good job in that role in that movie. Like, I, like I thought she was one of the best parts of that movie. I don't know if she should have won it. That, that's, that's But I fair. definitely like, think I, it, was, it was worthy of her being there. I do think... Yes. It, if she had won it, I wouldn't have been upset is how I'll say it. I agree with that. Yes. You and I have not and probably won't be watching it in theaters, but Avatar The Way of Water, to the surprise of nobody, wins best visual effects. Do we want to comment on it or do we just like want to move on or how do we like this is awkward? I just it's a, a movie that's entirely CGI. It should win the best effects. Like I mean, I, they worked on it for three years and they paid like two billion dollars to make it look the way it did it should get the award. Like, I, I don't think you need much other in that conversation. Cause you're like, I don't, I don't even know what else was even not to even put in that category. Wakanda forever was in there. It, 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 there was nobody else that was going to win it. Right. I mean, it's just, that's just the scope of that movie. It was like, that's kind of that layup of like, sure. There's nothing else even on it. That level of, visually of what they did with it. The international sensation all quiet on the Western front was the main front runner to go against everything everywhere all at once. It became evident towards the back end that that was the only film that could compete with that movie. Uh, But they lost pretty much every major category to them where they did win was best international feature, which that was again, similar to, to avatar. That was just a layup. It made complete sense that they'd win it, but it did also win best film editing, which I thought was an incredible feat to win over everything everywhere all at once. It also won best production design. Uh, I mean, the shots in that they were showing from this movie were gorgeous. So that made complete sense. It did also win best score so i mean all quiet on the western front i i have put that now it is propelled up my list after this viewing of the oscars i will be watching that very soon because tremendous actors in it um and i i I just loved some of the shots they were showing i was like wow this i need to give this a look i was very impressed with that um you haven't seen that movie right zane am i correct on that no no okay good i'll move on then 
Uh, Top Gun Maverick got best sound. Tom Cruise wasn't there for his Oscar. <laughs> Him and James Cameron didn't show up. Right. Just like, yeah. These clowns. I mean, these guys. They, okay. It's Max's soapbox time. Every episode he's on, he's got to have a moment. Don't tell me to go to the movies and not show up to the biggest movie celebration of the year. Like, who are these people? These elitists. This is getting out of hand. This is James Cameron blew in until he's blue in the face tells us that we need to go to theaters and then he doesn't show up to the Oscar. This, these are clowns. I, I, oh my gosh, him and Tom Cruise. I can't believe those two. Cannot believe it. Cut Tom Cruise some slack. He probably had some youth event at the Scientology church. They were probably having a lock in. <laughs> That's and right. He yeah, get out. there was a Scientology lock in. You're right. Yeah. yeah, I know how those get. <laughs> All right, everybody, empty out your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> all right and look up at the screen whatever it says to do we're gonna do all right we're playing the shoe game all right, <laughs> all right we're gonna turn off the lights and never find your shoe here we go and somebody's getting arrested here we go this sound top gun maverick well deserved great movie awesome movie uh, it believe that was on a lot of our top fives last year as well for the uh for the stan lee's top six excuse me a lot of stan lee's uh, nominations for Top Gun Maverick, best makeup and hair hairstyling, and this this felt like a layup as well. The whale wins, and um, then it won best actor with Brendan Fraser. I mean, Zane, you and I it was not long ago. I think about eighteen months ago that we were no twelve last year. We were on Red Lake, and you guys popped in a DVD saying, "Max, you got to check this movie out." Insinio Man. I've never seen this movie. Encino Man. Encino Man, sorry. Encino Man, thank you. Kiwi Kwan is in this, as well as Brendan Fraser. Who'd have thought that that movie would have two future Oscar male award winners in it? Who would have thought it would take you that long to see Encino Man? Encino Man, it, okay, quick rating of Encino Man. It's it's a two out of six. Couldn't keep my attention on it at all. Not funny. Really weird. Classic <laughs> I mean, it, it represents its time really well. Oh, yeah. If the, if that decade of film is your jam, you're going to love it. That's fair. Two out of six. But I don't think anybody with a conscience should be rating it above a five. <laughs> well, don't let Mark hear that. I don't want to hear it. Mark, <laughs> is Mark ever coming back on our podcast? That's a great question. I mean, we've, you know how much we made fun of you for not coming on for like 10 oh, episodes yeah. straight? Like constant. Yeah, like, yeah, at this point, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'll tell you what, Zane, the narrative is shifting in our group. It's, it's just convenient. That's all I'll say. That very convenient. You could open a Anytime store. it attacks Mark, the group just happens to have to protect him. I don't know why that works out that way. I'm not editing this out. And, uh, those are the main winners. I think so. I mean, the, here's the thing I loved about, so Zane, I'll let you go first. I'm going to rate the Oscars because I'm, I care more about it. What was your rating of the Oscars that you watched? Like the overall Oscars. What did you think of it? Like the whole thing as an experience yeah, the whole thing. watching it? Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. I, four out of six. There you go. Like I I don't actually – I mean I guess part of it was just like – I think part of it was you're watching like are they going to have shenanigans this year? Or But as we instantly found out that everything that happened last year, they ran a pretty tight ship this year because they were like, we aren't going to let 
anything derail like last year. I'll tell you what, man. Will Smith slap might have been the best thing that would have happened to the Oscars because (laughs) I would assume it put more eyeballs on this one. I would assume that there were long conversations pre-show of like, you guys get your act together and cool the Jets. Additionally, Jimmy Kimmel, whoever was writing his joke, whether that was him or his team, top-notch jokes. This is a 5.5 out of 6 Oscars, guys. This was a really good Oscars. In in the last couple of years, this is, in my opinion, the best one. I don't think it's the best one of all time, but it's pretty doggone good. And I'm going to tell you why. Here's why. Well, everything, everywhere, all at once, the best movie of all time gets its love. That start there. Will Smith got absolutely put through the meat grinder several times, exactly how you need to do it. The award speeches were tremendous. Brendan Fraser, Kiwi Kwan was just awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis's was great. It wasn't. Okay. I don't, this is irrelevant where you stand on the, on the realm of politics, but for some people, when they watch this scene, they go, I don't want to be, I don't want to be told by rich people what I should do when they have more impact than I do. And I kind of didn't feel like that was a thing this year. I, I legitimately almost wonder how much communication was given to like, hey, let's only talk about these specific topics. There were things that were discussed politically, but it was not beaten over the head. It felt more intimate or personal. And I I personally appreciated that. I thought that was a lot better. I think from that perspective, they were great. But the biggest point of the Oscars is the the joke at the beginning with Spider-Man's in the building and then it cut to Andrew Garfield. Who gave us a tremendous meme? I'm shocked Great it hasn't meme. been memed more. Great meme. <laughs> six out of six meme. I mean, it's one of the best. It was it was the best joke written in the night. <laughs> it was so good. That was well done. It was really well done. I I and you know what else? It was a tight ship, Zane. You're right. It, it they didn't lollygag. They went to the next thing, and that's all we need to do. Which I think that's uh, anytime you get an award show and stuff starts dragging on, then people are just like, I don't. Yeah, like you lose interest. Like this one, it actually kept like people didn't drag too, uh, like gr- drag on too much in their speeches. You got in, said what they said. Next category, said Angela Bassett being upset. That's a great moment too. It's like yep. th- let the organic moments come to you, Oscars. Yeah, don't don't try to generate it. And I mean, they, last year with the way they seated people was just weird. I mean, that's that's half the reason Will Smith went up and slapped Chris Rock was because it was right. like a bar feel. Yeah, it was odd. They they were doing too much last year, man. Yeah, but that is our Oscars recap. Zane, thanks so much for giving me your Oscars recap. I felt like you really gave it everything you had just now. You know, I, I do my best. You're a giver. I try, you know. You are. <laughs> you are. Um, also, I want to make sure I'm a, the best documentary feature was Navalny, the story of um, an, in, a Russian um, individual who's exposing Russian lies and propaganda around Ukraine. Uh, I think that was a really important story, and I think people should check that film out as well. So make there sure you go. check it out. Um, that one best documentary. And I, yeah, try not to get political. But there you go. There you go. That is our show. That's a wrap. Uh, Zane, thank you for coming on and helping me talk about The Last of Us and the Oscars today. Absolutely. You know, joy to be here. Always a always a good time when it's a Zane and Max mess around. And I enjoyed hearing about your response of Marvel theories. If you didn't get to listen, we talked about some Marvel theories that are going around. Make sure you check out our Patreon show. You can subscribe. There's a link in the show notes. You can subscribe to that. I thought Zane did a great job talking about that. And uh, I always love listening to Zane push up his glasses, get a little nasally and tell me something he likes about comic books. 
If I get the light just right, I can get the glare. Yeah, it tickles my fancy to hear you talk like that. It really does. So thank you, Zane. Thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you listen, however you listen. Thanks for bringing us part of your podcast experience, all the things we talked about today. We're in the link in the show notes. You can check out our social medias. You can follow us on Discord. Check us out on Twitch when we're playing video games. But most importantly, we just wanted to have conversation with you. Email us at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. We love you guys. 3,000. And as always, we will see you soon. Love you. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.